so we're going to turn the turn the page here and just think about our um, uh, our, our big kid reflection time. And, and and I just have a confession. Uh, I asked you earlier to chime in and tell me if you ever hit a wall or hit a pole or run into some kind of immovable object. Well, the the reality is that I too have run into a wall at least once. In fact, one time the camera was rolling. And I, I'm not totally sure that this video is going to work, but we're going to try to play it. The sound's not that great. The video quality's not that great. Uh, but I'm going to run into a wall. Let's go ahead and play that and see, see how this works. And he's, and he's eating and feeling. <laughs> uh, sometimes that happens. Uh, walls just jump out at us, and, um, and, and then we run smack into them. Uh, in, a, in a more figurative way, I, I could honestly say that I hit a wall just about every day. In fact, I probably hit a wall maybe every hour. Uh, again, just to bring back that definition, um, to hit a wall is defined as to come up against an obstacle or a problem that stops or impedes your progress. Uh, some walls uh, are, are just kind of little tiny walls uh, that, you, that you really just sort of trip over. Uh, for me, uh, I think about like a stoplight, right? Uh, getting uh, stopped at the red light just means that uh, my progress is stopped or impeded. Um, other walls are quite a bit bigger, <laughs> uh, and those are the ones like we saw in the beginning pictures where, where you just run smack into them and those walls just stop you, right? Uh, of course, I'm thinking about in my own life, I'm thinking about COVID, right? And trying to trying to pastor a congregation through this pandemic, uh, trying to help people through a pandemic. Uh, I'm thinking about fracturing my tibia plateau and having major surgery, right? Those are, those are two major walls that I ran smack into and it impeded and stopped my progress. So some walls are small and some walls are big and then some walls of course are in between. But, but I think if we are honest, we all hit a wall from time to time. Um, my question is, what walls have you hit today? <laughs> what walls have you hit over the last month? Well, what walls have you hit over the last six months or over the last year? Uh, I, of course, we can all relate to that really big monstrous wall of COVID-19. Uh, I'm sure that several of you have been trying to, to get vaccines and been uh, hitting walls as you're doing that. Sometimes we have relationships that hit a wall. Um, a, a lot of you uh, committed to reading the Bible uh, through the course of the year, right? You said, I want to read the Bible in just one year. And, uh, and we, we had about 65 people commit to doing that. My guess is that some of you, your progress has been stopped or impeded. <laughs> uh, I, I'm guessing that some of you have hit a wall when it comes to reading through the Bible in a year. Um, these walls happen. They are a part of life here in numbered days. I don't think they're a part of life in eternity, and we'll, we'll get to that. But, but uh, as part of our you know, uh, temporary numbered days life, these walls just happen. And so today, all the way really uh, through Easter, we are going to be talking about these walls and, and, and how we handle these walls and what God is doing with these walls. Uh, these walls happen to everyone and everything. Uh, that's really kind of the main point of Ecclesiastes 3, uh, that everything hits a wall. Uh, the opening verse, right, verse 1, to everything there is a season. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, right? To everything there is a season. A season, of course, is something that starts and then ends. <laughs> it's something that begins and then it, what, hits a wall, 
And, and the, the seasons that are listed in Ecclesiastes are really interesting. Uh, on the one hand, uh, we, we get some, uh, some pretty bad seasons. I don't know if you've picked up on that in the reading or if you've seen that before, but, but there are some really hard seasons listed in Ecclesiastes 3. Uh, some seasons that would just leave us frustrated or devastated, right? We're talking about seasons of death and destruction, uh, seasons of killing and breaking things down, uh, mourning and loss. Seasons of your resources shrinking, seasons of, of things getting ripped apart, seasons of hate and war. Uh, these are seasons that we kind of want to hit the wall. <laughs> uh, we would love to be uh, the, 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 the roadrunner that, that runs full speed ahead right at that wall and then runs up while all those bad seasons that are chasing us just run smack into the wall and fall flat dead. I mean, some seasons just last too long. We wonder, how long will these seasons last? Some seasons don't hit the wall soon enough. And then there are those other seasons uh, that we kind of wish could last forever. Uh, those seasons that we, we wish we could just enjoy the, the blissful moment and enjoy forever and ever. And yet the reality is that, of course, those seasons also hit a wall in, in kind of a painful way. Um, these are seasons of new life and anticipation, uh, seasons of healing and building up, seasons of laughing and dancing, seasons of embracing, seasons of, of your resources growing, uh, seasons of, of finding things that were lost, seasons of love, and seasons of peace. But when these when these seasons, when, when, when the progress of these good seasons hits a wall, when the progress of these good seasons is impeded or stopped, it, it kind of brings a harsh reality to the surface. Uh, now, I'm going outside of Ecclesiastes 3 uh, just a little bit for just a second. And, and really, this is like the thing behind the thing. Right, so, so hitting a wall is bad enough, and that's hard enough, but this is like the thing behind the thing. This is the icing on the cake that makes hitting a wall so incredibly difficult. Um, I think that what happens, right, is, is when we hit a wall, we, we become painfully aware that we aren't in control. You aren't in control. If you just think about it, right, if you are in control of everything and everyone, then guess what? No wall. <laughs> just no impeded progress. You just keep on going and going. Your energy never drains. Your spirit is never deflated. Your body and heart and mind never start to shut down, right? Uh, the, the wall is hard enough, but the thing behind the thing, our lack of control, oh man, that's what makes the wall even worse. So, um, so, so we all hit a wall. I hit a wall uh, from time to time uh, on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis. And, uh, and those walls bring up that harsh reality that we are not in control. Uh, of course, Ecclesiastes 3 isn't all bad news for us. Um, it's not all hard news. The one incredible thing, there's, 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 there's an incredible truth in Ecclesiastes 3 that I think just massively changes how we view the wall and even what happens when we hit the wall. So, so here it is. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. We're going to just spend a couple of minutes looking at that one verse, really just the opening phrase of chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, the author says, I perceived. Now, we just have to kind of pause here and just remember what Ecclesiastes is all about. The author is likely an old man at this point. 
And he's lived a very long and a very full life. And he's been on an intentional search, a very intentional search for meaning and for purpose, right? What's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? And, and he has tried everything. Right? I mean, if, if you're a person that says, oh, I've tried everything, that, no, no, this guy has really tried everything and more probably than, than you could even think or imagine. He's been on a very intentional search. And so um, he spends a lot of time telling us um, what isn't the meaning of life and what isn't the purpose of life. Uh, because as he tries different things, he says, well, that's not it. Right? Oh, that's not it either. Oh, that's not it. Right? And, and so he spends a lot of time saying what isn't the meaning and what isn't the purpose of life. And then every once in a while, he, he puts in these little notes like this that says, I perceived. But what he's saying is, I learned <laughs> um, uh, through, uh, through observing the world around me and how things work, uh, through, through the information that I've gathered over my long, full life. I perceived. I have learned. I know. And so those moments in the book of Ecclesiastes are, are just really important. And we want to just kind of perk up and pay attention because this is, this is the, the words of a very wise, very well-lived person that wants to share some kind of truth with us. Here's what he says. He says, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. It most literally says this. I know that everything God does will remain or exist forever. That means two very profound things. Uh, number one, God and his work never, ever hit a wall. I mean, that's just incredibly profound. We've just spent several minutes saying everything hits a wall. And now Ecclesiastes 3.14 comes along and says, God and his work never hit a wall, right? It's the, it's the one thing, the one person that can actually say in all honesty, yeah, I never hit a wall. I'm good, <laughs> right? God and his work never hit a wall. And then you got to just see the thing behind the thing. That means that God is in total and complete control. Um, whatever he says happens. Whatever he desires is exactly what he gets. Uh, God is in total and complete control. And so for me in my heart, right, that hits a wall on a regular basis, I'm all like, oh, I want to pay attention to that. I want to see, I, I want to just, I want God and his work to be the most important thing in my life. I want that to be the center of my attention every moment of every single day. Because that, just having something, having someone whose work and whose ways never, ever hit a wall, man, I, I want to pay attention to that. Now, okay, so, so look, it, it, you can tune the rest of this out because that's my main thing. I, I just really want you to see that and celebrate that. But, but Ecclesiastes 3 goes just a little step further beyond that, and it tells us about some of the work of God. Um, one work of God is that he puts eternity in our hearts. That's chapter 3, verse 11. Uh, God puts eternity in our hearts. In other words, he tells us that the walls shouldn't be there. Can you imagine we can't even imagine, right? We just we can't imagine a life without walls. But 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 it seems like this is probably the reality for Adam and Eve in the garden. This is probably the reality that awaits us in eternity: a life without walls, where your progress is never impeded and never stopped. Right? He's put eternity into our hearts. 
So just see this, right? When you run into a wall, <laughs> when you hit a wall, um, and you say, ah, that didn't feel good. Why is that wall there? That's a God-placed sense in your own heart that that wall shouldn't be there because it shouldn't. God has put eternity into our hearts. Now, if we're honest, uh, that can be a frustrating work. <laughs> and the author picks up on that. He says this, God has put eternity into our hearts so that we cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. Uh, in other words, when you hit that wall, there's just going to be a great deal of unknown. There's going to be a great deal of uncertainty, right? We are confused about what God is up to. What is he doing? Why does it seem like he's doing nothing at all? And so God putting eternity into our hearts is going to, on this side of heaven, in, in our numbered days, is going to leave us frustrated. On the other hand, a sense of eternity in our hearts, <laughs> oh boy, it gives us so much hope. It gives me hope, right? It tells me, okay, this wall is not the final thing. It tells me that there's going to be something on the other side of that wall. It, it tells me that, that this wall is, is maybe not meant to be here. And so it gives me hope, right? It, that God places eternity in our hearts to, to give us hope and to give us something to look forward to, right? A life without walls. A life without ever having our work and our progress impeded or stopped. The, the, another work of God is also in verse 11, right? He says, another work of God is to make things beautiful in its time. The walls we hit, of course, are not fun, and they're not initially beautiful, but over time, God makes them beautiful. Now, I was going to give a bunch of other examples, but I think what we just encountered yesterday was just so good, and so uh, I just have to give a little, like, personal story here. Um, maybe two or three weeks ago, uh, the Oakland Zoo opened back up, and, uh, and I was uh, getting on there the first day that we could register. <clears throat> And we had picked a day that we were, uh, you know, we, we targeted and said, we're going to try to get that day. And um, I got on there and tried to register our family, and I hit brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. I just, I would enter our information, and it just came back, sorry, error. I was like, error what? Like, we, our membership was fine. Our numbers were fine. Everything I inputted was exactly as it should be, right? And, and so uh, that was like a, a super frustrating morning. There was nothing beautiful about that moment on, 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 a, on a Monday morning. And then uh, Krista, just a couple of days later, um, entered a different day and a different time, and uh, she had no problem at all uh, getting through and uh, booking the reservation. And I was like, whatever, right? And so, again, nothing beautiful about that when you have an epic fail and your wife has total success. Um, that day that Krista picked was actually yesterday. And, um, and it was a beautiful day. It was super clear so we could see super far. Um, the, the first four or five places that we went, the animals were up and active. Uh, some of them, uh, I, I go to the zoo a lot, but some of them got to see some of the animals that they've never even seen before. It, it was just a beautiful day. And so it just reminded me of this simple truth, that sometimes things are ugly and painful, and there's nothing beautiful about it. But we have this God who makes things beautiful over time. And that's the reality that the author is trying to get us to see. 
I don't know exactly what that looks like for you, and I don't even know how God does it, but the author of Ecclesiastes says, after his long, full life of seeing this over and over again, he says that God makes everything beautiful in its time. Um, another uh, work of God, and this is going beyond the book of Ecclesiastes, right? So we've seen two works of God. He puts eternity into our hearts, and, um, and, and he also makes everything beautiful in its time, even those walls that we hit. Uh, another work of God is the work of sending Jesus. And this is really fascinating because Jesus actually illustrates those other two works that we've already talked about. And Jesus is like the fullest expression of Ecclesiastes 3. Uh, Jesus comes to be Emmanuel. He comes to be God with us. And, and if we just watch, right, what happens is he hits a wall, and his wall is called death, suffering and death. He's actually laid in a tomb, and for just a moment, uh, for, for three shaky days, the truths of Ecclesiastes 3 seem not quite so true. Uh, he and his work hit a wall. Uh, his body is actually buried in a sealed tomb. And then, of course, on that third day, uh, God shows what he does to walls that dare to stand in his way. Three days later, he breaks down, he tears apart, and he blows up that wall, and he rises from the dead. Three days later, what was incredibly ugly is made beautiful over time. Uh, three days later, uh, he, he, he rises from the dead, and then he ascends into heaven, and now he lives forever and ever, ruling and reigning over all things in total and complete control. Uh, God's work of sending Jesus <laughs> reminds us that there is no wall ever that can overcome God. So look, as we uh, just kind of move towards some, some application, right, because uh, part of my desire over the course of this series is not to just admit, hey, we hit a wall pretty often. <laughs> and it's not just to, to, to look at what God does, but to try to offer some, some simple, practical things that we could be doing as we hit a wall. And so one thing is to simply encourage you, don't be surprised. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, we run into walls and it's like, oh, that just jumped out of nowhere and, and, and I didn't see that there. And, uh, and, and the reality of Ecclesiastes 3 is that we shouldn't be surprised when we hit a wall. <laughs> uh, it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be embarrassing. But look, we shouldn't be surprised in our number days to hit walls. Because we aren't in complete control. <laughs> in fact, we're in control of very little. And so it shouldn't be surprising to us when we hit a wall. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is ask God questions. Ask God questions. When you run into a wall, ask God questions. Ask God, hey God, what do you want me to do about this wall? <laughs> because it might be that God put that wall there and he wants you to go back the other direction. It might be that God wants you to climb that wall and go through the hard work of trying to get over that wall. Maybe he wants you to go around it. Maybe he wants you to take a stick of dynamite to that wall. But, but the reality is that, that going to God and asking God questions, uh, it acknowledges, okay, He's in complete control, and he and his work never, ever hit a wall. And so, God, I'm not going to be in control of this. 
I hit a wall and I want you to interpret this and tell me what to do. Go to God and ask God questions. And then the, the third thing I'd encourage you to do, and this one is so hard, but, but celebrate. <laughs> uh, not celebrate that you are embarrassed or that you're a little bit bruised up from hitting a wall, but celebrate that, that, that there is one who is in complete control. Celebrate that there is one that, that never, ever hits a wall. I mean, it's just, you know, when, when I hit a wall, it's a reminder that I'm not God, <laughs> and that's good. And, and I'm so thankful that we have this God who is great and good and glorious and gracious, and he and his work never, ever hit a wall. And so uh, after you collect yourself, after you brush yourself off, celebrate that we have a God who never, ever hits a wall. See, here's our reality today is that we don't have to worry when we hit a wall. Uh, we don't have to worry when good seasons end. Uh, we don't have to worry when bad seasons start or seem to linger on and on and on. We don't have to worry and we don't have to be in control because our God is great and he never, ever hits a wall. Amen? I hope you all are saying amen where you are because that is good news. Let's pray. Uh, God, we, uh, we thank you for the incredible truth that uh, your work endures forever. It does. Uh, it never hits a wall. The works of your hands, uh, the things that you are up to, your, your graciousness and your gloriousness and your, your greatness, those things never end. And so, Jesus, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much for who you are. Uh, and that you and your work never hit a wall. It gives us something to celebrate, and it allows us to, to live as one of your kids, trusting in who you are and what you do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I should know, but I have no idea what's next. Uh, the Apostles' Creed, thanks. Uh, the, uh, we're, this is our statement of faith, uh, and, and if you uh, want to say it with us, we encourage you to do that. If you want to just take time to consider that statement of faith, uh, just, just take that time as you need. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And what is a disciple? Someone who is following Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, and is on mission with Jesus. Um, uh, you, you see the three ways to give there. We're going to put that up pretty quick because I, I've asked them to include another slide. Uh, these uh, pictures that you're about to see are 
are, are the members of our pastoral advisory committee. And uh, we just want to say a special blessing and prayer over them and their work. So Brian, go ahead and go to the next one. Um, these folks, uh, <laughs> uh, these folks just love Jesus and they care about you. Um, uh, real quick, uh, we've got Anna Bickling, Don Bluebaugh, Elizabeth Crookshank, Debbie Diebel, Jen Heaney, Loretta Hyde, and Jim Engel. And I hope I spelled all their names correctly because I forgot to spell check everybody. Oh boy. But um, uh, these folks uh, are, are part of the Pastoral Advisory Committee. And, and what they do basically is, is uh, kind of one or, th or three different things, depending on how you want to say it. So one thing, right, the, the broad scope, they basically handle the pastoral administration of resurrection ministries. And what that means is three things, right? They, they kind of function as an extension of me. There's a lot of households uh, connected to resurrection ministries, and I can't be in contact or call each one of them. And so these folks all have a call tree, and they just kind of call to check in and see how you are doing. And uh, as they hear different prayer requests, they either pray with you or they bring it to PAC and we pray as a group together. Uh, sometimes they're funneling things to me so I can check in on you. Um, at the start of the pandemic, these guys called you once a week uh, just to check in and make sure that you were okay. Um, they, they love Jesus and they care about you. Um, another thing that they do is um, that sometimes they function as just a third party. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, even Christians uh, sometimes don't get along together. And so sometimes uh, there's arguments and there's conflict and, and they'll function as a third party in the room as, as two people kind of meet and gather and, um, and try to work through their conflict in a God-pleasing way. Uh, the other thing that they do is they, they really just kind of weigh in on whatever I ask them to weigh in on. <laughs> so so if there's uh, big decisions or sometimes even little decisions, I just need feedback and, uh, and thoughts about stuff. And, and they just kind of weigh in and they tell me what they think and how they feel. And it helps to inform decisions uh, that we make as a congregation. So um, uh, just so you kind of have a picture of what they do want to do two things. Would you please just uh, right where you are, uh, give them a round of applause and celebrate their work for what they do. Uh, resurrection values relationships, and these guys really put some flesh and blood to that, and so we're, we're just thankful for them. Uh, second thing I want to do is just pray over them and over their work. Um, uh, they, they uh, as I've said, they love Jesus and they care about you, and, uh, and so we just want to thank God for them and ask for his continued blessing on their work and their time together. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, we, we thank you so much for, for these folks um, that have responded to your call, uh, that have accepted the responsibility um, uh, to be you with flesh on. Uh, you commanded us to uh, love others as you have loved us. Uh, you invited us to, to love one another. You invited us to bear one another's burdens. Uh, you invited us to encourage one another. And so we thank you for uh, these folks that have said yes to those calls, those invitations. Uh, these folks have said yes to doing that type of work uh, around resurrection ministries. And so we ask that uh, as they try to be a blessing to our people, that you would bless them uh, richly, uh, uh, boldly, confidently, um, we ask that you would uh, do a, a great and mighty work in their own hearts and minds. 
We ask that you would strengthen them for that work. Give them the, the energy to engage in the calls and the, and the text messages and the touches of love that they so frequently offer. And, and would you continue to give them wisdom and insight uh, as, they, as they hear different ideas, uh, as they consider uh, how best, uh, what the best direction for Resurrection Ministries is, uh, would you just continue to grant your wisdom and your insight into their uh, work, into their decisions, into their uh, opinions even? Uh, Father, I, I ask that you would just fill them with your Holy Spirit and that your work uh, would be strong and mighty in them so that more and more of our folks could just know who you are and what you are up to. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.